Welcome to AML Conversations, the Solution Series. This podcast series focuses on practical information about solutions to challenges you face in your financial crime compliance program. These solutions include managed services, technology, advisory, and third-party risk management. You can access this series and other AML Conversations and This Week in AML podcasts at our website, amlrightsource.com, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome back to the Solution Series. In this episode, we are going to discuss emerging financial crime and geopolitical risks in the age of data. Our guest speakers today are Vesna McCreary, our Managing Director of EMEA and APAC, and Patrick Bow, Head of Product at AML Rights Force. Hi, Vesna. Hi, Patrick. Welcome to the Solution Series, and thank you for joining me today. Hello. Hey, Rachel. Hi. So last November, we attended the AMLP Forum's European Anti-Money Laundering and Financial Crime Conference in London, and I think we can all agree it was a terrific event. Vesna, you actually hosted a panel discussion on addressing the most pressing financial crime and geopolitical risks, the new drivers and how to strengthen your defences. And Patrick, when we were chatting at the end of the day, you had some really interesting thoughts of your own on this. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to do somewhat of a recap, except I want to understand what each of you think are some of the emerging financial crime and geopolitical risks institutions need to be considering and preparing for. Yes, uh, Rachel, we were lucky to sponsor, be the lead sponsor for MLP Forum, which has been around for about 20 years and it's one of the best attended um, conferences in uh, EMEA and, and in the UK. Um, and uh, we had a great panel uh, with a few banks and payment uh, services, as well as uh, FATF, uh, and we addressed all the current and future trends. So um, I guess I can start, uh, and then I'd like to hear what Patrick thinks, but my impression has been that uh, there there is, at the very high level, the scope creep that a lot of practitioners are concerned about, uh, which is that it's not only about anti-money laundering, KYC, sanctions, bribery and corruption. It's also about cybersecurity, which traditionally doesn't uh, d- belong in this space, about fraud, which is also in some cases managed partially, particularly on the policy side by financial crime experts, uh, and about data, uh, which again is not something that we own in financial crime, but for many reasons, it has become something that is a big deal. Um, I think that in particular, um, if you look at uh, this year, it's shown us that sanctions have been such a huge pressure uh, for for regulated institutions, but even those who are not, because sanctions, of course, are not about re- being regulated. They're law for everybody, and it's black and white. Either you comply or you have failed to comply. Um, So it's a big concern. And with the geopolitical instability in Europe and between the US and China uh, and Hong Kong, we are all concerned about how we're going to all manage this in the future. Fraud um, is a huge, huge, huge um, uh, uh, concern because it's rising and the losses uh, of individuals, but also companies and um, even government institutions are considerable. Um, And uh, that is all very well connected with data, uh, which 
internally is something that is not very easy to solve in very large institutions that have been around for, you know, in some cases, hundreds of years and have been an amalgamation of different institutions joined together on different systems, taking data in different formats, trying to blend them together, deciding which source of data takes priority and, you know, many, many other complications with internal data. And then we have the blow up of global data externally, which we're importing internally. And I think there is a naive expectation uh, that somehow uh, uh, institution can just press a button and match all that data and find whatever it is that we want. Patrick, I just wanted to turn over to you. Yeah, I think you make I think you make a, a exceptional point about data in particular. Uh, obviously, from 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 my perspective, data is always always a very big issue. And you think of how these banks have been put together over the years. You know, often they've been they've, they've acquired smaller banks, they've acquired systems, they got legacy systems from years and years ago, and people that barely know how. Uh, how they operate anymore, let alone what data's in there. I've, I've I've been in the banks before now when we do a large rollout, and what slows it up time and time again, what pushes all the projects out is you take one step forward, realize you either don't have the data or the data that you do have is not the golden source. You have to fix your data before you can then uh, before you can then move on and change. I think I I think. The banks adopting and doing new things, they will, they will, as they have done so far, keep tripping out of their data. Can I ask you a question? I know, Rachel, it's your job to ask questions, but I have a question here, um, which is, of course, as someone who has had to deal with data issues for many years internally uh, as a practitioner and, um, you know, dealing with dif- deferred prosecution agreements and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, it's it's always been um, tricky to bring external and mix it with internal data and to cleanse it appropriately. But the new technology is bringing us opportunities to uh, do entity resolution and even data preparation and other techniques. Can you tell me, Patrick, do you really think that that's helpful or is, or is that just creating even more pressure on institutions to know what's going on when actually matching techniques, however good they are, they're not perfect. Well, I mean, entity resolution in itself is fantastic. Take a, take a whole bunch of random transactions and to be able to identify, you know, the different counterparties within there it, it is a fantastic thing and it does work. But the the, the challenge that it brings is that the people who need to understand the data need a very deep understanding of the data and actually how a bank runs so that when you're comparing two entities and saying, are they the same thing, your, your people are in a very good position to say, yes, they are. So as ever with these things, as you kind of move up the value chain and start doing cleverer and cleverer things with your data, that the, the, you need much more experience, much more knowledge within your team, uh, in in order to be able to get the benefits of, uh, to, in order to be able to get the benefits of that. So your 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 bank needs to be ready, or you need a really good partner who can help you understand your data. When I first started out, you know, we would do 
um, yeah, I think my, the very first thing I ever did within a bank was a Mantas rollout, and it it felt like playing it felt like playing Connect Four. You just drop the data out, and we go through, and we will we'll try that, we'll try that transaction, we'll try that transaction, we'll run it through the system, and we'll see whether or not it works. You know, compare that to a a a, a full rollout of a modern investigation suite with entity resolution and external. Uh, external data as you go through you give it you, 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 you give it the transactions and you're able to see very quickly actually I can't see the connections in the data why can't I see the connections in the data you've then got to dive in and go it, it, these aren't the right transactions we're not even looking at the at the right source the, the right customer data uh, etc because you're pulling things in from multiple sources and the banks are getting cleverer now so maybe they've moved data into a data lake as well so we're pulling data out of their data lake and looking at that. And now I've another layer of complexity because I've, I've got to go back to the data lake owners, explain to them, your data is not right. This is what we're actually looking for. And then they've got to go back into the system, uh, into their systems and, and, and try and pull that data out as well. So you, we, we, we it's not as simple as just dropping stuff out of the uh, transaction monitoring system now and looking at that. You, we're trying to put lots of different data sources together and make sure that we've got those, uh, make sure that we've got those connections. And there are there are many, many more teams involved. That's very true. You know what? It reminds me of the fact that, it, you know, 20 years ago, we basically looked at transactional data in separation. But today we are expected and we do combine KYC and transactional data, and then the uh, address media and the regulatory actions and all sorts of other structured and non-structured data uh, from mm -hmm. external sources and trying to create a picture no longer of um, what that transaction is, but what, the, what it means for the customer or client that we're actually dealing with. So actually the picture we're looking at is a different picture. And I think that is... Um, becoming um, more complex because, uh, you know, in the, in the old days, we used to argue that banks in particular are better as sources of information for the uh, law enforcement than they are in terms of an investigator. Of course, we all today have quite sophisticated financial um, investigation units and we, uh, intelligence units rather, and, and, and we use we kind of have gone into automation and now back from the automation, we take information from public uh, private uh, partnerships back in and have to do more manual investigations again, which combine mm -hmm. with some of the automation. But I think, for example, people are doing uh, amazing stuff, which is comparing uh, trade uh, for for certain industries, trade trends across the world to their customers' specific um, uh, trends in a particular industry. And they go, oh, you know, this industry should be trading mostly from here to here in these volumes and so on. And look at our customers not doing that. So that is suspicious. Um, so so it's, it's actually getting more and more complex. Technology is getting better, but the problems are also getting uh, much, much more complex. No, your, your data guy, he just used to be able to understand how to map from one system to another, now has to be able to go to understand where in the world he can find uh, information on 
on ships, for instance, what's the what's the right list to uh, what's the right list to be looking at? I actually sat with the trade finance guys one time when they tried to put together a um, a, a, a dual use goods list. Yeah. We, practi- we practically put every every commodity on the market just about onto that dual use because everything can have a dual use, and and the pressure on the banks as well to to be able to vouch for exactly what are in those uh, th- those trade finance cargoes is forcing them to become to become as smart as they possibly can be, and, and a lot of that, all, all of that, is down to what data they have, and 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 is it good enough? But it's it's a much more complex environment than it was when we were starting out. Absolutely, I remember looking at the maps that they create for trade finance um, monitoring for sanctions, where they, you can see where the ship has gone dark and it sits mm-hmm. there for a certain amount of time and it comes out again from you know the locations where you know there is high risk. And it's just fascinating how much information there is. Um, but to process all of that, you know, we know that technology is helpful to create the data and sometimes to match but I think to understand what it all means, as of yet, if I'm correct, we still need people. Yeah, there. Uh, and actually, just to go back to one of your earlier points uh, around uh, around the sanctions. I, I mean, the way that I've it's been it's been a long time since I've looked at, uh, at sanctions in particular. But the way that I looked at that is your transactional information is actually fairly easy to identify now and to be able to say right those are the counterparties that we that we want to be looking for um and adding new names to sanctions and watch lists etc has become kind of a bae for a process for the yeah. bank so i mean do you really do you really think that they that uh, do, do you really see that there's that they're going to have challenges in terms of stepping up to doing this to, to doing this more often I think that sanctions are not so much a challenge anymore like they used to be 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, how to screen, how to update the lists, are they up to date? Yeah, sure, there's more and more pressure to make them within 24 hours or less, but that that's kind of neither here nor there. I think that the challenges are more about how to comply in the complex geopolitical setup. Whose mm-hmm. sanctions do you apply where? You know, do you apply... Um, I don't know, uh, Chinese sanctions or Russian sanctions or vice versa? Who are you trading with? Where are you doing which business to not get um, in trouble with whoever is in charge of any particular part of the transactions that you might be involved with as an institution that may Mm -hmm. be actually um, second leg of your transaction. So you may not be directly involved, but you may be held liable for that, and I think that's where the complexity is, and of course the fact that screening we've surpassed the issue of screening today. I think majority of us screen well, um, mm-hmm. but I think the issue is more about the um, certain products that are banned. Uh, you know, how do you monitor whether certain bonds or uh, transactions last a certain amount and which ones of them are allowed and which are not and when it's expired and uh, which subsidiary is dealing with it and which country that that's where the complexities really are yeah the, i mean i 
I saw that working with these guys, actually, I think, in, in terms of just the, the size of the list management team grew and grew and grew so that they can handle the, uh, so that they can try and handle those complexities. But obviously, if you're, you, you, I've, I've worked in banks with exposure to China, so you have to be fairly rigorous in terms of making sure that you apply their sanctions uh, within their territories as well. So, yeah, I do recognize that. So, Vesna, Patrick, how can our solutions help institutions to adapt to the changing nature of financial crime risks and the data issue and sanctions and everything else? Well, I, I think that um, what we've tried to do with ML RightSource is to create or, or rather buy solutions that will create an easier gateway um, to use them for institutions that deal with us. Because, of course, there is such a large number of tools out there that it's very difficult for anybody um, in my old shoes to figure out which ones are the right ones and which ones aren't. But I think we have um, expertise in this company that stretches from uh, second line policy side and regulatory, dealing with regulators and really profound understanding of regulations, expectations, best practices to the people who have done a lot uh, to organize the operational side, as we just said, uh, people are still very relevant in all this. Uh, but then also to have technology that fits the key areas of concern in a way that's maybe a little bit quicker and easier to implement, maybe a little bit quicker or, or less expensive. Um, it does not require you to take out your existing tools. It sits on top of them. So what we're trying to create is ease of use and, um, you know, Every tool has its good and not perfect sides. But what we've tried to find is something that will satisfy 99% um, of the need. And while it may not be absolutely perfect, it will do what it needs to do well. And then they can come and deal with one institution that will help them uh, on a number of uh, uh, fronts, which could be people needs, uh, advisory needs, strategy needs, and technology needs. Patrick, you obviously are our tech expert, so you have much more um, on-the-ground experience. So I I think you raise a really good point in terms of uh, your previous life and having to, uh, uh, having to try and pick the right solution. I actually think when we go out and talk to customers, we need to fulfill their requirements. But a lot of what they're looking at when they're looking at our particular tools is they're looking at our people, they're looking at our ethos, and they're trying to understand, Do do they're trying to see whether or not we actually understand the problems that we're trying to, uh, that, we're, that we're trying to solve. And, and I do think that we are attacking some of the main areas here in terms of the fact that what, what we have a within our within our product team, uh, we we have a slogan and that we want to turn the doer into the reviewer. Uh, so again, bringing those investigators up to a much higher level where they don't have to go around and get data from all of these disparate sources, bring it together, and then spend finally two minutes reviewing that and trying to understand if there's any risk. Our tools are all about bringing that data together so that they can have a uh, 
uh, they, they can go much, much deeper in terms of the investigation, form their hypothesis, start thinking about what it is um, that they think the risks are in transaction monitoring, in KYC, in the screening space, what they think the risks are, and then reviewing all the information that we've been able to we've been able to uh, 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 to bring together for them. So, 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 so I do think that the customers there are a lot of good products out there, but we've got good products, good people, we've got a good ethos, and, and I think that's that's how we're tackling that's how we're tackling some of the problems that we're seeing. Yes, Rachel, we're happy that we can basically um, use uh, our tools across different problems uh, areas. So we can use the tools uh, for uh, KYC, for enhanced due diligence, and also in transaction monitoring. Um, and then we do have a specialist tool that monitors transactions themselves, but they, it connects back into um, KYC. So that's the idea is that not only is it easy to deal with one vendor that can uh, cover all the needs, but also that our tools are multifunctional, so to speak, and they're not too difficult to implement. Um, and they uh, provide something that can work with the existing tools within the institution. That's great. Uh, before we end off, do either of you have any final pieces to add? I think that the uh, pressures on uh, financial crime practitioners uh, in EMEA, in the UK, US, across the globe are rising on an ongoing basis. But I just want to send a word of encouragement to everybody because if we look at uh, how we have been doing all this stuff 20 years ago, we have moved a massive amount forward and it is simply not true uh, that that nothing is improving and we are stopping more. Uh, we're much more sophisticated, but criminals are too, and they don't have boundaries. So we just have to keep up the work. But they, they certainly have to think twice um, because there are a lot of good people uh, in these banks who genuinely care about keeping bad money out of the banks. So with it, it's certainly a harder problem for the criminals than it was when uh, when I first started out in my career. Yeah, I agree with that. Great. Well, thank you both so much. It's been really interesting and a great conversation. So thank you for your time today. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, both. Thanks for listening to this episode of AML Conversations, The Solution Series. More episodes will be posted in the coming months. If you find this installment interesting, there is more great content at amlrightsource.com. If we can help you with your financial crime compliance needs, schedule a meeting on our website. Together, we can reimagine compliance.